Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode 650. It's a monumental achievement. Uh, 700 will probably be bigger, but anyway, it's October 27, it's 2021. It's a Wednesday. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. We still don't need more than 640 episodes of PC Perspective Podcast, and I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. Actually, it was 640K, Josh. I'm sorry to burst oh your bubble. Oh, God, no, not that We've long. Gotta do... Boy, we, we got to do... We got uh, to <laughs> live a long time mm-hmm. to be able to do we'll that. Just do more. Let's do mini episodes. Like Let's do one a week, many, one a day. Mini episodes. Like 15 like two, minutes. Two, three a week, week right? Just no, what I should up. do is, in editing, just chop up this podcast into about 100 podcasts. There you go. And just Bruce, spam everybody. Bruce has a good point. We should have gotten to six 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 around Halloween. Well, well, you know things things work out. Uh, you can subscribe to find out when we go live for this and other random live stream events, like the one at around seven p.m. today, actually, by going to pcper.com/slash subscribe to be notified via email in twenty twenty one because that's what people do now. They sign up for email lists. They, they email has never been hotter. You can support the site by going to patreon.com. Slash PC Per and become a patron of the PC Per Dark Arts. And you can keep the show going. Keep this happening. Keep live streams like earlier tonight happening. I believe mm. Josh ordered some food at a restaurant today. Mm. Oh my. And uh, he was going to talk about it now. Josh, I am? Camera two. Let me reach my phone and uh, do a ground short. In my microphone? Is that mm. still a thing? Mm. This is, this is great for good. the audio version, by the way. Yeah, it's, you're good. it's fan fantastic. Okay, let me open my gallery so I can explain this. How come it take took two pictures? This doesn't make any sense. All That's right. Feature. So I haven't had this in a while, and it's been a while since they offered this special. So they used to have this as kind of a regular. But you know what? Pastrami's is pretty expensive anymore. And this is the pastrami burger. It's pastrami with Swiss cheese. And let me make sure. Horsey mayo. Plenty of horseradish-based mayo on two patties of locally sourced grass-fed beef on two sesame seed buns. And you think, wow, that sounds kind of boring. But obviously, you've never had pastrami with Swiss cheese and a horseradish-based mayonnaise because it was fantastic. I mean, I got some of the meat sweats, and it was, it was glorious, and I... I enjoyed my lunch, and now I'm I'm fasting for another 24 to 36 hours. Because why not? I mean, I care for myself a little bit. Not all that much, but a little bit. And let me tell you, the fries, even though they're not fresh cut, uh, their consistency has gone through the roof, and they still use that really good seasoning. I don't know what it is. I wish I, I need to find out. I need to twist some arms. Salt because the seasoning is is fantastic. It's it's salt and some other things in there, and it's just it's fantastic. And then they're perfectly done, golden, crispy five fries. Um, nice, soft, steamy insides, not mushy, not wet, not greasy. They're they're just really fantastic. I I, I think that you know if you're a purist and you're like you know I want hand cut fries and I want them done now. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but whatever they got with these, uh, they're 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 exceptional tasting fries that just come out great every time. So yeah, lots of pastrami, lots of burger, some Swiss cheese, and some horsey mayo, and you know that makes for a happy Wednesday when there are very few other happy things happening. How are you feeling, that's Josh? Story. You feeling a little what? bloated? After that, maybe a little... No, I'm feeling great. You are? Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you I know, was the wondering... day before, I, I had some of the Huel, you know, mm-hmm. kind of gruel, <laughs> Huel gruel. And mm-hmm. uh, there's so much fiber in that thing. I mean, it just, you know, it's it's uh, it's like a rotor rooter 
through you. It's it's amazing. So you have plenty of space for a uh, for a burger. I was just wondering if you were feeling a little down, and that's why you didn't broadcast from the hot tub as you promised earlier today on Twitter. <sighs> okay, here here's the problem. I don't have a hot tub. And I'm not going to sit in a regular tub and do this. Why not? Because electricity, electricity tubs, they just don't mix. Nobody would I mean, know I if there wasn't I water know. in it, Josh. It's just the illusion. They just want to see the nudity. They so it's, about it's the water. well, I mean, I, I could have wore a robe like, yeah. like I did in Vegas that one time that they yeah. took a picture of me. Yes. Just break into random neighbor's but, houses until you find a hot tub. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I got this uh, uh, Asus... Um, thing rog gaming they they sponsored some gal to to game on their laptop in a tub mm-hmm. so you know that that's obviously inspiring that josh oh, Walrus yeah. should do a podcast from a hot tub josh but nobody's bought here. me a how hot, many hot tub. tubs how many hot tubs are there in laramie oh probably quite a few it's cold there it's yeah the perfect diversion I mean, people like hot tubs okay. in cold weather you go run out there and you get cold and you jump in a hot tub and it's all hot. You got a point. And then you do that whole quenching thing where you jump out of a hot tub because you're so hot and it's like, oh, this feels nice because it's so cold. <laughs> you run through the snow. And yeah, running through yep. snow is not nearly as bad as you think it is. Is You should you try, try it. it. It cleanses the soul. Especially after a hot tub. Hear your else. pores slap together. Oh, it's, it's awesome. It's, okay. Yeah. It's okay. wonderful. All right. Okay. Let's move on to our first news story of the evening. <laughs> As you know, Intel had an announcement today. It was a whole live event you can watch. And previously, you know, media had been briefed on these upcoming things. So there's all these stories out there with slides. A, a look at early performance numbers via Intel, which we can talk about. We are, of course, talking about Alder Lake, which we've talked about before. And they already covered some of this stuff during the Architecture Day earlier this year. But they have sort of launched Alder Lake Desktop. You can pre-order it. I know there's a page up at Newegg right now. But uh, they have detailed some of the, the SKUs. They went over the unlocked SKUs. So we actually have a slide here to look at. At the top end, of course, is the Core i9-12900K listed as a $589 price, but that's the 1,000 unit tray price. I saw it earlier today at $649, that new egg. I don't know what that translates to in micro center dollars, but it is $649 at new egg. Last I checked. So that's, that's up there, but it, it has- Micro center dollars are smaller, by the way. I yeah, I assume that. so. Or no, they're bigger because they need fewer of them, right? Well, okay, sure. Yep. Have you guys looked at the- the lineup, how it kind of pr- compares to what AMD offers. Obviously, the core counts are up because this is the hybrid core design. It's got efficiency cores. Performance efficiency cores. Yes. Here's that. Uh, you know, it actually it, hey. it, it matches up nicely. And uh, in terms of price-wise, the 5950 is, is now well above the 12900K. And so that's that's going to be a sticking point when uh, you know AMD finally gets their hands on some of these chips and does some internal testing. They're going to have to adjust things depending on their actual supply. And now that you can actually buy these CPUs online, they've got supply. So I'm I'm expecting that there is going to be a price drop. Don't know how much. It may not be all that uh, amazing of a price drop. But it's going to be there somewhere. You actually uh, cannot pre-order the 12900K because it says it is currently sold out. I wonder how many of these there will actually be at launch. Here's something. Let me tell you what the 10 uh, the 10900K. Those things were rare as hen's teeth at launch, if I remember correctly. Yes, they were. And I was I was talking to some people around uh, the industry, and they were like. Yeah, we're a major OEM, and we got them in the dozens for our launch. And it's, um, I have no idea. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, this is the new, what, Intel 7 process. They don't they don't call it nanometers anymore. They don't call it plus, 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 plus. It's, it's now just a number when 7 is now used to be a 10 plus. 
10, 10 plus. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly. Yeah, 10 plus plus but, uh, plus super fin. Oh, for the love of Mike. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll get about some of this stuff later when we talk uh, Intel and AMD financials. But, um, yeah, it's still not a totally 100% process where they want it. I mean, no process is perfect. None. You will not get 100% yields from anything. You will not get all the bins that you want. It just doesn't work that way. I mean, it's it's just just physics. It's life. Uh, but there are certain benchmarks that a process has to kind of, you know, hit to be considered profitable. And previously, Intel had super, super, super profitable processes. And that started taking some hits around 22 nanometer. Then they got to 14 and initially it was pretty bad, but they they got that beefed up. And so it was, it was really making them some money. And then we had the issues with 10. And there were a lot of issues for a lot of years. And even at its best, it never could match what 14 was giving them even in, you know, even though they, they, they made things, you know, less dense and, and higher performance. And it just, it just, you know, never reached that threshold. And now they renamed it seven for this. As far as I know, if I'm talking about this, right. Am I talking correctly? Am I speaking? No, yeah. This is, you know, the marketing term is now Intel seven instead of calling it. Yeah. Um, they still haven't. They, they still have not reached the levels that they previously understood as being where they want them. Uh, it's it's far lower mm-hmm. than that. I mean, it's not like uh, it's going to break Intel. It's not, but it, it just has not hit a lot of those benchmarks that uh, previous processes. And uh, as we will see when we talk about margins, let's talk about those benchmarks. Oh, okay, this is yes. a very very contentious point among the you know the vocal minority and the tech media and the people who are very literate about such things who look at the fine print who ask questions i don't think but the general you know what? public i'm, I'm care. part of the literati yes so what's I, the I problem am, with that, this josh no. what's the problem with this chart uh there's not enough chartreuse hmm. rise in but results. there is some kind of burnt umber i mean that's a, would you call that burnt umber umber the AMD. It's a little more orangey, but somewhere yeah, in there. It's, it's it's almost a brown, but as I saw in a recent Technology Connections video, apparently brown is just orange. So, uh, Ryzen 5950X <laughs> was tested on October 1st using the unpatched version of Windows 11, which has severe performance issues with said processor. So, some of these are going to be different. The deltas are going to be different between this... Very the, impressive. The, the difference in scale. So I mean, at least the scale of the chart is okay because it it yeah. starts at zero point five ten. I don't know what that means, but um. <laughs> no, but, zero point five one. And so they they it's 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 a normalized one hundred percent. Yes, you know is, they're but, they're using the i nine eleven nine hundred k as the one hundred percent. Okay. But yes, the issue, as you were speaking of, is this was based on October 1st benchmark data using a build that obviously does not have <laughs> improved performance patches that gets AMD processors up to speed. And so I think that uh, Intel, I mean, it, so here's the spot. You're on a deadline at the end of September. We have to have these benchmarks in because we're going to present to press at an NDA thing. We need to have benchmarks. We need to show not only that, but we need to have this material and information so we could send it to legal and they can go over all the slides and presentations and say, yes, you can go ahead and talk about this stuff. That's perfectly fine. And of course they're launching now. 27 days later and windows 11 is not exactly fully baked. So I don't think that this is, you know, dishonest in terms of Intel side, because it is a rather large organization that does not 
turn on a dime. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm just saying. This but it is sounds like you take. are. I know. I can't. I'm, I'm such a shill, as you well know, <laughs> a very pro Intel shill all my entire life. However, we will have third party uh, information yeah. here sometime. At some point and, in the near future. Yep. And we're going to see people testing on Windows 10. You know, a mature OS that is well optimized. And we are going to see results on Windows 11 with these performance patches applied. So but, but don't go too crazy Brett, about these Brett, results. What does Brett have to say? Hang on a second. Here, you have to understand that there's, I mean, clearly you do understand this, but there's a lot that ha- actually goes into the operating system and how it actually uses this new hybrid design. And even testing on Windows 10 isn't necessarily going to do it if Windows 10 isn't cognizant of how to split tasks across the hybrid silicon. Big little is what I'm referring to. Do you think that Intel will allow Windows 10 to exhibit that behavior? That's a very interesting question. We're, we're so talking sure. about put a lot of effort into Windows 11. Dollar of quarter company who has very close ties to Microsoft. Yeah. Who but they're, worked, they're working closely with Microsoft on Windows 11 to optimize right, Windows 11. the behavior of yeah, these Yeah, but new do you think that they're going exactly. to ignore Windows 10, which is installed on 95% of PCs around? Yeah, because not. Microsoft is just going to push out Windows 11 like an update and get everybody on it like they tried to do with 10. Right. So, well, they've already started trying, but it ain't going to yeah. happen for a lot of people. But... And it's obvious that the performance characteristics are going to be heavily dependent on how well optimized the operating system is. So it's not necessarily all down to the silicon now, clearly. Look at the patches between AMD and Intel alone. So, yeah, but when you're, benchmarking, when you're benchmarking, what cores are going to be more utilized? Oh, clearly the high performance ones. Yeah. And so I, I think that, that even unpatched. You're probably going to see, you know, the basic kernel throwing most stuff at the performance. So I, I don't think that we're going to see this strange skew at, at Windows 10 versus Windows 11. Now, Windows 11 will do a little bit better in offloading things in the background to those efficiency cores. You know, stuff that is not at the very forefront where they really need performance. I mean, it's going to be probably more fine grained, but I don't think it's going to be a massive increase in performance going from Windows 10 to Windows 11. I could be wrong, but yeah, I just I just don't see well, that. Well, the happen. years the years that we've spent fixing that janky uh Windows 10 the way that it deals with multi-threaded operations. Like I think, you know, we've dealt we've realized that Windows 10 scheduler is kind of baked and it's been fixed over the years. So I don't think Intel is going to, you know, assign core 0 to one of their efficiency ones. I think they'll figure it out work around so that it's pretty much only going to see the P cores and that's it. Like just says we could uh, be wrong. Yeah, but. that makes sense. When, when yeah. explaining the architecture, Intel has stated that the thread director is built into the silicon. It's actually in the CPU. So yeah, you need the operating system to see that. But if Windows 10 has that support or Intel provides that support via the chipset driver or whatever it needs to do, then... I don't see why Windows 10 would have such a performance penalty compared to 11, as long as you're running the new platform, latest drivers. I'll have to see. I don't know if if 600 series is going to have the same kind of driver support for Windows 10 as Windows 11. Hmm. We have a comment from the peanut gallery. Uh, Alan, who has stated that unpatched threads can end up on the wrong cores. Just test on Windows 11 11 build with the AMD patches for the most apples to apples. So currently, That's what we told you, <laughs> yep, the unpatched threads can potentially end up on, as Josh was guessing, you know, potentially end up on the wrong sized course. You're talking about with Windows. If I interpret 10? what he's saying. I think it's Windows 11. Oh, with Windows. He said 11. Windows 11. Okay. Yeah. One of the, th- the other things while we're on the subject of you know the 600 series chipset, this is a new platform, of course, because it's LGA 1700. In addition to the new CPUs, of course, DDR5 support, PCI Express 5 support, the chipset itself has PCIe 4 now, and then it's got Wi-Fi 6E built in now. The DMI revision has gone up to 4.0 from 3.0, which apparently doubles the bandwidth. So 
you're you're getting a lot with the platform beyond just support for the new CPUs. So it's it's an impressive platform, and now they can say we're the standard now. Instead of AMD kind of lording it over them for a while, it was a couple of years where they had PCI Express four, and Intel was languishing with PCIe three. And even this last generation, they had four off the CPU, but it was still PCIe three off of the chipset. You know, when AMD released PCIe 4.0, they had one product out, which is actually a little bit more than what Dell can say right now. Yeah, wait for CES. I'm sure there'll be so many PCIe 4 <laughs> there, there will be. SSDs there will that be. are barely faster than a PCIe 4 SSD. Yeah, but that's, uh, you know, it's, it's cool that Intel has gotten out of the blocks and has done this. Because they they were just languishing for so long in terms of te- chipset technology, um, it is refreshing that not only they're releasing you know five hundred uh, PCI five, but also the Wi Fi six and other stuff. I mean, this is this is an area where you know they they just have not showed any innovation in in a while. And somebody's going to probably slap me up and say, "Well, what about blah 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 blah?" And but. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it took a year and a half for Intel to get to PCI 4.0 after AMD. And now they are just going gangbusters like, all right, we're going to offer 5.0 and match that. And AMD's not going to be able to until Zen 4, which is in late Q3 2022. So it's a pretty good lead. And they're going to win some benchmarks once in the springtime that we actually see PCI 5.0 devices. And I'm going to be very curious about GPUs in the future. Yeah, I saw a comment about Intel GPUs going to be on PCIe 5. No, they are not. No, of course not. No. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be. No, they'd be I could need, be wrong. No need to. Yeah. Unless you want like a buy two some- GPU or something. There were some Intel GPU pricing rumors that just came out. I, I probably should have put that in some show notes. It's okay. We'll, we'll probably be a slow news week next week. If yeah, we can talk about it then. Talk about it then. Hey, Josh, uh, have you warmed up yet? Get a drink of water. What are we talking about now? Financials. Financials. Uh, get that. Who do you want to hear about first? Well, money, AMD's money, money, first money, on the list, money. and they're alphabetically first. And now let's do Intel hearts. because they announced several days before, and there was uh, plenty of fallout. I don't have Intel pulled up. It's not uh, even on well, the list, Josh. I, I can I can desc- I can describe them. For yeah, but I need some kind of visual stimulation for the video viewers. Well, for the, the love of Mike, let me give you Hold a on. link. I'm going to find. I found the link. I found the link. Hold on. Mike's getting I'll a lot just, of love. I'll just take it to AT. You know, Nantech, they have a nice little Q3 2021 financials result gap. Okay. And we can okay. talk about some of the things. Nantech, Intel. Links in the uh, staff channel. Okay. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, so this just is weird. To, They're on Q3, but AMD's on Q4. It's, business is strange. Don't like, ask where NVIDIA double is. Double check. Yeah, yeah, they're on like Q5 of No, no, no. AMD's on Q3. <laughs> I thought it was Q4. Q4 is not until 2022 that we'll actually hear Oh, those. yeah, you're right. Okay, no, they're both on Q3. Thing. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's NVIDIA that has that whacked, um, you know, release schedule. Okay, Josh, let's talk about Intel earnings. Let's talk about Intel, baby. Let's talk about something. Um, wow, that's so cringy. I like a hundred thousand people just totally stopped the podcast on that one. I apologize. I'll just cut it out. <laughs> okay, maybe not a hundred thousand, but anyway, um, Intel had an interesting Q3. It was five hundred million dollars less than Q2, and that caused some interesting ripple effects throughout the financial sector. Uh, they dropped their share price pretty significantly after these results. Even though there was a couple of positives in there. Positives were that they increased gross margins from 53.3% up to 56%. And that's a big thing for them. That means that 10%, uh, well, 10 nanometer, you know, Intel 7 is improving in its its operation. I mean, it, it's it's 
doing better and it's doing significantly better than what it was last year in Q3 2020, which was 53.1%. However, they have to balance that out with wafer buys from TSMC because they are ramping up, currently ramping up their graphics cards and chips to be released in the Q1 2022, which is kind of the latest rumors and what guys like Roger are saying is like, they'll be here soon. And that's that's where money's going. So they're improving their margins, but at the same time, they're kind of hitting some walls there. I mean, back in the day, 63 to 65% margins was what Intel was used to operating at. And when you drop eight to 10 points from that, that has a significant impact on your budgets and your business and what you can offer shareholders, which is, of course, what share price is kind of based on. Um, So they've taken a hit. So not only do they have less revenue from the year before, they do have increased margins, but their growth is significantly lower than what AMD has. Now, AMD has a much smaller share, obviously, but they're showing 12% quarter on quarter, 54% year on year. I mean, that's, that's just absolutely massive growth. And Intel has shown that they had 500 million less in revenue quarter on quarter. And that's that's sending up some, you know, warning signals and sirens and red flags and but you got to take a lot of that with a grain of salt because AMD is still what? Less than 25% of the market far less than 25%. And Intel still has a commanding lead, not only in the products that they offer, but manufacturing. And now they're even leveraging TSMC. And because of their cash treasure chest that they have, they can do wafer buys that nobody else could really afford, except maybe Apple. Well, except definitely Apple, as we see with their five nanometer uh current m products but still uh intel you know they're they're taking a hit um they're still a juggernaut they're still the biggest player in the pc market uh they have seen that erode in obviously the apple market who now has gone to all custom silicon they are losing market share to amd who has shown significantly significant growth year on year and uh, yeah, five hundred million decrease in revenue quarter on quarter, where it is supposed to be the strongest two quarters of the year, is that's kind of unheard of from Intel, uh, except for maybe like in two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five. So interesting times, and uh, there's a lot to think about there. Do you guys have any comments? You already sort of alluded to AMD's financials, so I thought maybe you could seamlessly transition into that topic to see the contrast here. Because I wonder how much of this has to do with um, supply constraints or if it's just like overall market contraction. It seems like the opposite was true. There was such demand. There's just not enough silicon out there. I don't know. You know, I, I I wonder if the actual wafer shortage is as bad as it was a couple of quarters ago. I think that there's been a lot of stuff in place, and I I, I know that that is a general term. There's a lot of stuff in place uh, to, to kind of mitigate some of the issues with, you know, wafer starts. So take, for example, AMD back in the day, way back in the day, like 2004. Um they essentially got their production in litho and initial, uh, um, you know, deposition and etching and that, and then they would actually store wafers in in kind of a warehouse. But they were able to optimize um, the really the bottlenecks of of manufacturing, so that they could really really increase their throughput. And I would I would imagine that TSMC. 
uh, is doing much the same. And plus they continue to, you know, increase their overall production. They, they take production away from older nodes that are not as utilized. And, uh, you know, they, they buy machines piecemeal. They, they program, uh, you know, cause they've, they've got those, you know, those big kind of trolleys that go up into the air and they've got 25 wafers a piece. I mean, they, they can do a bunch of things with tools and where they are on the production line and where they can be stored. And, um, they actually kind of, it seems like if I remember correctly, they had a small drop in, um, orders than what they were kind of expecting. So I don't think that wafer supply is as tight as it used to be. I could be totally wrong here, but uh, it seems like the issue now is is more the channel is being held back, not so much by manufacturing of, of silicon and wafers, but all the other components and shipping and that. Uh, that's, that's, that's more of an issue for these companies than TSMC not being able to provide as many wafer orders. There's still constraints, obviously. You can't buy as many wafers as you want, but AMD has been slowly increasing. And I mean, if we look at their quarter, they made 4.3 billion in revenue, which is up from 3.85 billion in revenue. And if you can do <laughs> some quick math, that's about 500 million in revenue. Hmm, strange, no? It's big. But uh, their margins, their their actual margins are are still not great. Uh 48%, which is much higher than their absolute lowest, which was around 32% way back in the day. I mean, that was that that was when they were making uh we had a quarter of 800 million in revenue. Our margins were 31 percent uh these things are not good however sitting at 48 percent and especially considering that they have their semi-custom silicon group who right now is going gangbusters in between the ps5 and the xbox series x and s um those are lower margin products and that drags overall margins down so that they're sustaining 48 percent means that much of their other production is increasing in margin only to be dragged back down by the semi-custom stuff. Of course, what semi-custom is, is uh, there, there's some initial uh, revenue there that they don't have any product, but these guys, Sony and uh, Microsoft and others are paying AMD to develop these products. And then they get uh, some you know, royalties from them in the, in the future, depending on how they actually get wafer orders done. Sometimes Microsoft handles that. Sometimes they ask AMD to handle wafer orders. Same thing with Sony. Uh, it's a fluid situation depending on contracts and, and where the market is, but overall, you know, it is lower margin, but it is a longer stream of income that kind of covers up some of the other deficiencies of, of those entire multi-year contracts. Clear as mud. I just kind of zone out at some points. God, I, I feel so stupid. <laughs> but it is interesting <laughs> to think about the margins. It's so not interesting. I'm boring. Is What are Intel's margins like? So AMD, you say no, it's they're, good. they're low at like 48%. Yeah. What does Intel okay. Make? So historically, Intel was between 62 and 65% okay. for the majority of their time. Uh, NVIDIA exists above 60% pretty much all the time. And so, you know, if you consider a 20% drop in margins, I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of money. And I mean, your products are not worth as much, but right now, you know, we're still, you know, I, I, I don't think we're in the crunch that we were in six months ago, um, but they're still achieving pretty good margins. And so these are very, very positive things for AMD. Um, again, their 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 net income uh, went from 710 million in Q2 up to 923 million in Q3. Uh, their cash flow went down a little bit. I think that they're actually investing in more wafers uh, with TSMC so they can continue the growth that they're on. So these are all really positive things. I mean, they're leveraging the cash to make sure that they have enough product coming in. And I mean, if you look at the CPUs that they have right now, you can buy one at MSRP. Um, you can go out and actually buy a 6800 XT 
you'll just pay 1200 bucks for it as compared to 600 and some, which is supposed to be, but they're available and <laughs> you can actually buy one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know when we'll go back down to regular prices, if prices regular will ever exist again. But uh, yeah, AMD had a tremendous quarter. It was a record in terms of revenue. It was a record in terms of net income. Um, their margins are getting back up there to a healthy level and sustainable level. They have invested in their supply chain. They've got products coming down. Um they will just continue to grow and it's going to be curious to see how much market share they have and they will gain because still their, their Epic products are, are class leading in terms of efficiency, performance, scalability, and, uh, you know, in terms of feature sets. And so this is, um, these are all very, very positive for, for AMD and they will just continue to, you know, keep, going up for a while, you know, six months looking pretty good. After that, there are going to be other challenges ahead for them. I mean, we, we don't know. I haven't heard anything about Zen four taping out Mm. or initial results or anything like that. All we know is that in Q1 2022, we'll get the, uh, what, what do they call it? The V V cash chips 3d you go you gotta help me out in here yes the 3d cash chips uh stacked upon their uh you know higher end zen 3 products and uh that will help in you know a tremendous amount in gaming and in certain benchmarks and other applications and kind of curious how uh you know video editing and photo editing will do with all that extra L3 cache that uh, they will be able to uh, access uh, coming up in uh, early 2022. Let's pause here for a word from our first podcast sponsor this week. Are you looking for a company to support your existing IT staff in cybersecurity, network optimizations, or even manage your entire IT infrastructure? It's time for you to take a look at VPLS. VPLS is a managed service provider with over 20 years of industry experience in direct support or even as an entire outsourced IT department. VPLS is a true one-stop shop with their own data center and technical staff to handle everything from data protection to server hosting. They're staffed with industry experts from all across the IT industries and can help you with backup and disaster recovery, help desk and IT support, or even a full custom cloud migration. Look at VPLS as one way to shift the responsibility of managing your IT needs from your business teams and into the hands of the certified professionals at VPLS. They operate 24 by 7 by 365 and can provide after-hours support for your organization. If you're looking to bulk up your existing IT teams or expertise for a specific project or blocking issues such as after-hours support or even wireless optimization and cabling, take a look at VPLS. VPLS can make information technology a competitive advantage for your business. So visit www.vpls.com slash go IT to see all their offers. That's www.vpls.com slash go IT. We're back and let's talk briefly about Apple again, two weeks in a row. Fans can't stand it, but, uh, you know, uh, we're going to slog through a story about M1 Pro and Max. And this was a a good write-up at a non-tech and I actually previously was looking at this because I have a friend who wanted to buy one of the new MacBook Pros was asking me all kinds of questions about the performance. Like, I have no idea. I don't have one. I'm not getting one. But you can go to a non-tech and read all about it. Brett, what do you know? No, they've got the uh, benchmarks. Uh, so if we could just skip to the, the mm-hmm. graphs, uh, there's mm-hmm. a pull-down menu right there, M1 Pro. So if you just go to the CPU ST benchmarks, so it's like three down right there. This is single thread benchmarks of the M1. And you could see that even the Max, this they're testing with the Max here, isn't actually all that off from the M1. So single threaded, they're actually fairly comparable. So that's the dark gray and the gray lines. Okay, this of course is, you can see them. charts are a little um I don't know. Okay. Just so at the bottom right we have here. the legend here. So M1 right. Max so is the, the dark gray. Dark gray. Apple M1 is the mm-hmm. slightly less dark gray. Correct. Blue, of course, Intel. The you know reddish is uh, the, the 11980 HK. So the current <clears throat> flagship mobile. mobile part 
mobile chips. Uh huh. Okay. And you can see the M1 and M1 Max, you know, as as we've come to understand, are a little bit uh, a little bit beefier, a little bit faster than their AMD or Intel counterparts. And that in single thread performance, the M1 Max is very similar. It doesn't really really kill the uh, the old M1 except under you know a couple of conditions here. So if you could go to multi-thread is where you see it really. So let's just hop to the next one, MT. As they say, a real monster. So if you could take a look at these bars, you could see them really doubling practically some of the previous version uh, M1 performance scores and still uh, obviously outstripping all of the uh, best of the AMD and Intel chips can possibly do right now. So this is where we expect the things to be against uh, current gen possible chips from both Intel and AMD and the laptop space. This is not too surprising. You know, Apple's gone down on their five nanometer process, I do believe on this. So they've got efficiency and uh, a whole, you know, cycle ahead of everybody else. But the next story is where it starts to become more interesting. So. That's all I wanted to say is that we projected that this is kind of where we thought it was going to go. And on tech tested it out. Yeah, they're a lot faster than they used to be, especially in multi-thread. Not all that much in single-thread performance. So then what happened with the leaked Geekbench numbers then? Well, if you take a look at the uh, what I t- termed the uh, potential Intel strikes back, is that uh, the, Jeremy wrote this story up. So Jeremy, if you want to talk a little bit about this, but you can see... <laughs> M1 Max 1785 and a thousand points behind uh, the new which version of this? This Alder Lake ship with a score of 1851. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's looking uh, relatively impressive because Apple's gone from holy crap, we're doubling everything that it can do to well, um, Alder Lake is actually, if not competitive, actually edging out in one or two of the benchmarks. And both of them, of course, are, are leaving the Ryzen's in the dirt right now, which is uh, rather impressive considering what it looked like when they first arrived. So it's it's, it's kind of nice to see. Now, of course, these are leaks. They may be run in interesting fashions. We, we really don't know. Uh, but as far as the, the benchmarks are showing, on Geekbench, you, you're seeing some decent single-threaded and some really serious multi-threaded performance. So it'll be interesting to see what these are like when they finally hit. See, the problem I have with with some benchmarks like Geekbench is that you can really, truly optimize them for for an ISA. We we talked about this, you know, on Twitter some. I mean, if you ever want to, you know, see some burgers and maybe even some tech content. Um, X86 ISA is, I mean, the, these instructions could be one byte up to, I think, like 16. Uh, RISC stuff, which is like ARM, which is what a, uh, Apple is based on, the ARM. It's it's a consistent four byte. And so decode becomes much more complex for X86. However, they do all kinds of interesting things in, in decode uh, for, you know, across, you know, both, you know, ARM, AMD, Intel. So that ISA doesn't become as big of a stumbling block for real actual um, applications. However, if you write a simple benchmark that's just iteration, 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 you got to, you know, figure this out. There's there's no, you know, variable complexity that you would see in real life with like video editing and photo editing or, you know, other, other kind of applications like gaming, uh, stuff like that, which is, is very, very random and it's not as ordered. Um, Geekbench and things like that. I mean, it it it's it's kind of ordered up there. And, and I mean, I'm not talking down what Apple has done because what they have done to this point is really impressive. They have caught up to the other leaders of the industry, and they have a really compelling product. But again, it's not the end all be all, and you you need to sprinkle this all with with salt and and kind of figure things out. Um, and I don't know really where it's going on with this rant other than take 
Geekbench with a large grain of salt and wait until you actually see applications from like Adobe and some of these other guys that you can do actual measurements of the work that they do and how well they do it. And of course, Does that makes sense. Yeah. And there will be an oh, M1 optimized clearly. version of the Adobe suite so that all Apple does such an incredible job with optimizing for their own OS because they obviously they they do. own it all. And their own hardware. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's, true. And they lasso people in because of a variety of reasons. But, you know, it's, it is really interesting and incredible how much that you can do if you really just have a singular focus on, I'm going to make this program, this application, this algorithm perform absolutely best on this hardware, and I'm just going to focus on it. And I know what the hardware is going to look like almost 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have that when economy of scale in that way, yes. Yep. Especially when they're I making... I mean, that, that whole walled yeah. garden, yeah. it's a beautiful thing on the inside. If your problem is in their space, it. then you're yeah. probably going to be very, very well served. Otherwise, into the catapult with you. Out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you tell us quickly, uh, Jeremy, about Bethesda's new Starfield trailer? You said it offers a, a ton of detail, right? You said as much detail as the first one. Yes. How much? Which is to say, like, almost none whatsoever at all about what the game is going to be like. Uh, Mm -hmm. We know it's probably going to be, and they don't even tell you this, but I can tell you this. It'll probably take place in Mew Era, uh, otherwise known as Cervantes, which happens to be a sun that we measured recently about that's about 50 light years ago and has a super Earth orbiting it. So pretty sure that's what they're going to go with here. But regardless, it's 50 years from home or 50 light years from home. There are the United Colonies and the Free Star Collective that had a war. End of sentence. We, we There you go. Uh, there's, there's three groups. There's, of course, space pirates because you can't have a space game without space pirates. Wait, there's wait. The so this is, this is, this is kind of like Firefly, right? Maybe. Maybe that's why they're not showing us much because they don't want to get caught you got, out. You got the Ravager type guys. Yep. Then you got the, the brown the corporate types. You've got the alliance. So yeah, no, know. and the let's, fanatics. Let's move along. Yeah. Don't forget the fanatics. Uh, yeah, the true yes, believers. It, actually, it's Babylon Five. Or wait, no, it's uh, yeah. There you go. So it's it's your old good old space opera. But the literally all of it is stills of uh, high tech cities, and they're talking about how you're a member of constellation, going out to search unexplored areas and find new on th- things but yeah all they're showing you is high-tech cities and then at the very end is an animation of a loading dock closing which may or may not have been in game yeah i'll kind of forgive them because they're a year and a bit out but still i mean either just keep it to yourselves or give us something to look at yeah what's a trailer without you know visual impact i know it's like jim mccarthy without never mind without a hand up is okay uh Windows 10, Jeremy writes, wasn't the end of OSs, but it is the end of UWP. Really? Yes. Finally. Dozens of people are upset about this, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah. But apparently, if you did the UWP stuff right in the XAML language that everyone hated with good reason, you can probably migrate to the Windows app SDK and still keep hawking your stuff on the Windows Store. So, I mean, that's nice for those three or four projects that are still going, considering UWP hasn't been updated in forever, and it's there's some really good reasons for that. So, Windows App SDK is going to be more C-sharp and C++-based, so it's going to be a little bit more mainstream and not quite so bizarrely implemented as UWP was. But at the same time, there's a lot of people saying, look, Windows likes or Microsoft likes to build up these SDKs and then just abandon them completely. And then they build up another one and they abandon it completely. So yeah, you really want us to trust this and not go off to program somewhere else. We'll see. Are you saying that Microsoft is like Google now or maybe Google got Uh, it from them? I'm not sure who got that one first. Google's better at it. I'll give them that, but yeah, Microsoft's been at it longer though. Yeah. Microsoft force, force installing. installing PC yeah. health check. Okay. And it's force reinstalling it too if you want to install it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Wait, wow. Wait, isn't 
Isn't isn't that like the uh, the uh, office space? Uh, you know, PC load letter, letter and you yeah. want to take a bat to it because yeah. <laughs> This is just the first step in forcing Windows 11 on every Windows 10 user who has an internet connection and doesn't know how to, you know, just just to say so NPM and I'll keep telling you to screw off. Yes, it will. Well, no, it'll start whining and saying, you know, we've scanned your hardware and we know that you're actually capable of it. Mm-hmm. You should you should turn you should that totally on. You should it. have it. You should have yeah. it. Yeah, see, that's the second check. I this this PC supports secure yeah. boot. And it also checks to see if TPM 2.0 is enabled. So if you have that disabled, it's just going to keep on nagging you and nagging you endlessly. Yes. Yeah. So that will be next. Yeah. And after I'm that married. will be the button. Oh, I'm used to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's the total parental module. But yeah, so next after that, so yeah. there will be the update button. And then they will hide the update button. And all there will be is a hidden don't update now. Because every other button will actually be the update, including the X, as we saw in Windows 10. So everybody that does Windows support for family members, be prepared to start receiving questions about what is this telling me? Do I need Windows 11? Do I want that? What is that? Is that good? <laughs> the is devil. That? Make my computer well, there's faster. There's a red X. There's a red X on this TPM thing. Yeah. I don't understand. You broke it. You broke it the last time you were here. <laughs> go, I know to your, it worked uh, go to settings in the programs <laughs> and uh, KB5005463. Do you see that on your list there? Doesn't matter. No. <laughs> It'll just reinstall itself anyway. Yep. Yeah. There's, there is yes. a registry hack. To Windows stop 11 it. is great. Yeah. Hit yes. Hit yes to every prompt. Yep. Just yes. 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 Mom. All the way yep. You want it. It'll make your computer faster and better at the same time. And I can tell oh, you that I don't free. know how it works. So you have to go somewhere else. Sorry. Giant don't know Windows suck. It's a good time for a sponsor break. Mm-hmm. Let's pause. Brought to you by number two. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and messaging errors, or sometimes even trying to remember the right thing to say. Text Expander can remove the repetition out of your work so that you can focus on what matters most. It's superior to simple copy and paste operations. It's way better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander makes it easy to give your team the right words for every situation. It helps keep your team consistent, accurate, and current. With it, you can share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Everyone will share the same messaging and can give the same answers to all customer questions. Use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Now that's an increase in productivity. Text Expander is available for Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. So visit TextExpander.com podcast to learn more. That's TextExpander.com podcast. There are some people who choose to play PlayStation 3 games on their PC instead of playing PC games, even though you know you have a huge backlog on Steam. And what are you doing with your life? Anyway, if you are one of these strange people who uses a PC to play PS3 games, then you'll be happy to know that RPCS3 now has at least nominal support for just about every title ever made, right? It will at least start. Before it crashes. Yes. Playable is up to 63.53%. Which is well over 3,000 games. Now, you've got to own the game. This is only an emulator. Right. There is no list of games that you can then get because, I mean, not everyone has 3,233 games just sort of hanging around, um, except in aforementioned Steam library. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're going to have to own them or at least, you know, find a way to possess them. And the vast majority of them are playable. And even of the ones that are down in the next category, they're still perfectly playable. It's just that you might run into a game-breaking bug where you won't be able to finish the game. But there's quite a few that have said that, you know, no, I never ran into that issue before. So it's uh, kind of impressive. Yeah. Hey, at least this is the PS2 3, because PS2 was such a pixelated mess. I you know I just, if you use what is the PS2 emulator? There's one out there where you can, you know, like you can tweak the internal resolution. When I heard that they were uh, when uh, Final Fantasy 12 was being remastered, I went in and took out my old copy, put it in the disk drive, ran it with the emulator, doubled the internal resolution. It looked the same as the remaster to me. There's some of the assets needed higher resolution textures, but 
It's yeah, pretty well, amazing I, what you can I, do with it. I still distinctly remember back in the day watching the original Xbox play Halo. And it looked pretty good playing other things like uh, Project Gotham Racing, right? Which for the time was fantastic looking. And then looking at the PS2, and they had some racing games, and it's like, this is but ugly. Because they didn't actually have a graphics processor doing graphics processing things. Stop being such a snob, Josh. You didn't play Grand Theft Auto, or not Grand Theft Auto, uh, what did I play? Gran Turismo 3 on PS2. Gran Turismo 3. That was, I've wasted so much of my life on that game. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even miss the graphics. I didn't care. It was yeah. better than the version on the Apple IIe, but that's about all I'll give it. <sighs> anyway. All right. Uh, what is the M390? This is an Intel motherboard, right? So that's a, that's a couple generations old not right today. now. <laughs> not today. Not today, it's not. Wait, no. Is that space, Spatium? Spatium? It's spat um Spatium. Spatium. Spatium, like stadium, except oh, with yeah. the T. Spatium. Spatium. It's not a good name is what it is. Not really. It's an MSI I'm going to go SSD. to that special place on the corner and get spatium no. Ooh, it's, it's a DRAM-less. I got a guy selling it by the pound. SSD. Wait, no, wait, what? What? The... No DRAM E15? Nope. No DRAM with E15. WTF. That's what they say. Yeah. I don't know if I believe them, but then again, I didn't see any on the little peel-offs. And considering it dies at the the rates rates drop in half after 80 gig, yeah, um, I could actually believe that that's just all the SLC case it's got. The good news is that if you can find it, because uh, apparently it sold out almost immediately, is it's floating at around $0.11 cents a gig, which is not something we've been seeing a lot of uh, on the TLC drives, unfortunately. They've yeah. creeped up in price to be, you know, a little bit annoying. But if you're doing a game drive, you don't want to spend much money, uh, it, you don't write much, you just read, it's it's getting all the benchmarks to the point where you'd expect it, a PCIe 3.0 4 by. So this is this is not for your boot slash swap drive. I would not suggest that. No. <laughs> right. Not unless you're running a really really long small term, OS. Long term, long term storage. Yes. Long term. The long storage. Do you faster than tape? Kind of like an Angstrom, QLC but longer for long term storage. Mm. Like really it's long. Kind of like that storage. poet Longfellow. All right, and now a moment of silence. For FTP. Oh, sad. It's gone. It's been deleted from Chrome. From you can't Chrome. use it. Not even if you wanted finally, to. Finally, finally dead from a browser perspective. I think uh, Firefox has had it gone for a, a while now. I think, I don't know if Safari, I don't know about that. But uh, Chrome. Sure you don't. Looks like it was a holdout. I don't. I yeah, don't IE <laughs> was gone for a long time. Yeah, IE been gone for a while well, hey, the holdouts will need to stay with version 94 or, or earlier <laughs> then. So, yeah, poor one out for old, poor FTP. Yeah, I mean, FTP yeah, clients are so hard to use, I'd much rather fudge around in a browser <laughs> and try and figure it out. <laughs> Says, you oh, know so many people that I support. I, there was still people who were putting out links that you'd click on it and it would shift to the FTP variant of like mm-hmm. download these files. And it wasn't that long ago. I bet there's still some old sites that still do that sort of thing. And now you're going to get a, you know, protocol unknown, you know, sort of thing out of that. So whatever. Well, no, now they're going to put another layer on top of it to translate it from FTP to HTTP. Okay, all right. You're just making it's me just sad gonna be, and yeah. angry Nauseous. and tired right now. Yeah. No. But it's going to happen. You know what it is. That's why no. we should shift immediately into Picks of the Week. Josh, wake up. Picks of the Week, you. There once was a small young man out of the province of Newfoundland. But he has nothing to do with my pick. So anyway, memory prices, really cheap. DDR5, not cheap. You got a current thing and you want to upgrade your memory and you're going to keep it for a while. DDR4 is really cheap. DDR4 3600 2 by 16 gigs really not very expensive at all. 
less than 160 bucks. This is the uh, Cast 16 stuff. So it's the faster of uh, what you can usually get. Sure, you can get it for 110 at Cast 18 from different manufacturers. But latency is still really nice. You know, you take what performance you can get. If you've got an AMD 5000 series, these are seriously like the perfect match for those products. So, yeah. I mean, uh, DRAM prices, they, they went up for a while, and then they're, I think, really, they're about as low as we're going to see in DDR4. They're going to stay right around this area. DDR5 is going to be coming out. It's going to be really expensive. That will eventually start going down. They're going to focus their manufacturing on DDR5, and I think, the DDR4 stuff is just going to stay the same area for a while until it starts getting scarce because there are no products that will use that in new PCs. And we're looking about nine to 10 months from now for that to happen. So if you want a memory upgrade, now's a really good time to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Jeremy, your pick of the week. Well, I mean, it was going to be uh, an 1,800-pound, 14-inch cube of uh, tungsten until I found out that there were rules about the non-fungible token that it comes with. You're, you're not even allowed to touch it until 10 weeks after you first got the NFT piece of email saying that you own this giant block. But you're only allowed to visit it once per year. And if you sell it to someone else and you have visited during that year, they must wait 12 years or 12 months before they can go visit it. So, I mean, what is the point of having this non-fungible token tungsten cube? So instead, I'm going with Humble Bundle, which has a really, really good strategy wait, bundle be, going before on Before right you now. go on, before you go on to that, have you heard about the U.S. Federal Reserve? Does it have an MS, an FFT? He's, he's yeah, it's called Fort though. Knox. He <laughs> doesn't know these things. We can't. Don't divulge our national secrets to the Canadian. Right, exactly. Send him a picture. Yeah, that's okay. We've got our old gold reserves. Really? We just don't dig, dig them up, so they're a lot harder to get at. They're still in mines. Is that what clever. Yeah. Very clever. Hey, you want to go get it? Good luck, dude. Have fun. <laughs> don't freeze to death, eh? So what's in the <laughs> yeah. what's in the bundle? Uh, well, I mean, at 25 bucks, you already get Empire of Sin, which pretty much sells for more than that right now on just about anywhere. Uh, Tyranny was a lot of fun. Uh, Crusader Kings 2, it's not the game, but it is uh, a, a nice starter pack to dump into it. Victoria 2, which is, you know, a little bit old, but if you want to take over the world in uh, Victorian ages, it's great to do. Uh, I now own a fishing game for the first time ever. I don't know that I'm ever actually going to play that. You know, uh, and Age of it, Wonders. The fishing games are surprisingly relaxing. Well, but now I can do that in any game, Josh. It's true. If it's a Japanese game, I think game the new especially. Far Cry has fishing in it. Skyrim so I can just sort of supposedly have fishing yeah. in it this next what anniversary? Maybe. Yep. Yeah. It's coming All in. Right. I don't know, I'll just fire up some Red Dead Redemption and sit by a pond for a while. It's 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 relaxing. And you also get Age of Wonders Planet Fall, which is again still running about 25 or 30 bucks so overall it's it's a pretty good deal if you're into the uh sort of turn-based stuff and don't want to pay a bunch for empire of sin just in case it really does suck as much as a lot of people are saying excellent brett you have a pick this week that didn't come from didn't come from owc what's happening didn't come from woot or owc weird so I was uh, searching for a good deal on some games, and the first one that I saw was uh, Just Cause 2 and all of its DLC available from GOG for only 5 bucks. And then, just a little while ago, I got what I thought was an even better offer for Metro Exodus Gold for only uh, 16 bucks. So this is the one that I picked. This is a pretty darn good price for uh, Metro Exodus Gold edition, which includes two of the DLCs, two kernels, and if you scroll down, you see the other one. Um, you can add the full collection of Metro Exodus. If you haven't bought this yet, this is a pretty good price for the Exodus as well as the um, 
the couple of DLCs that come with it. But don't forget that GOG also has, or GOG also has things like um, Just Cause 2 and all of its DLC available for $4.99. So don't forget to check GOG when you're looking for some games to put in your library that you won't play for a couple yeah. of years. Add to the backlog. <laughs> yes. That's what I do. Exactly. But add to the backlog when you can buy all of it at a reduced price. Hmm. Right, so then you can feel really good about yourself when you look at your library. Yes. Oh, not only do I have a huge backlog, but I got it at a really, really stonking deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, my it's pick like your week. own personal Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Your 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 wallet is your Steam account. Exactly, or or GOG or whatever no, it is you use to you manage your your games, Origin games. or whatever. If you if you feel bad about yourself. Oh, I feel about bad about myself all the time. Yeah. So, oh, there you go. You're probably using Origin. My pick this week is apparently already out of stock because earlier it was a Prime option, and now it just says one option from. It's these uh, RGB LED floor lights, floodlights, I should say. They're 25 watts each. They plug into the wall. They have a remote control. They are providing the light on the wall behind me right now. This is what I bought. To do this. Ooh. So the, the glow back here. You know, well, your lighting has been much improved today as compared to last yeah. week in Breach Prior. Yeah. I've so that's so flat back here. I'm trying to add some more dimension to the Could space. I say that it's deep purple? That's the point. Could I say that? I feel like yeah, purple's the safest is. color to use. You don't no, want to have Intel shill with blue. I don't know any deep no blue. AMD songs. shill. Certainly don't want to have yeah. green back there. That'll make green. The Radeon fans mad. Dude, your aura is green, though. Is it? Sure. Okay. Your curlian effect. It's mostly green and extends quite outside your body. <laughs> no what I want to know, are, about. are you using, are using one of those floods or two? two. Are you two. It three? comes with two okay. for 40 bucks. Okay. I think I only paid like 35 but anyway. This is one on either side of me, just pointed straight at the wall. So anyway, you can do a lot of things with these, and they're very bright. So uh, use them as a floodlight, even. Just set it to the white setting and blind yourself. I see the cat is... The cat is back. She, back. We yep. thought she was a goner, but the cat, the cat came, came back. back. So that's where the away. static arcing is coming from on your mic. It is not. It is not. She only showed up three minutes ago. She has been living down in the basement because of dogs who have turned aggressive towards her. So she now lives down there by herself. And I go to visit. That's sad. And she comes to visit me when they're all upstairs. So, Hmm. yeah, I'm hoping to rectify the situation with some training. But, uh, yeah, poor Rainy. Indeed. She's a fake Mm. girl. All right. Well, on that note, let's end this show. (laughs) 